Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. And I'm ready. Will's ready. And we hope you're ready because on the turntable this week, it's Get Ready by New Order. Gladiator ready. You will go on my first whistle. Peter Hook, you will go on my second whistle. Three, two, one. Dan, we are back uh, in our happy place today. And I don't mean your Deptford flat. No, we are. Oh, don't you mean that? So we're back. What I actually mean, Dan, is we're back talking about New Order, uh, which is definitely uh, something we're very comfortable with and very, uh, very, we've been very much looking forward to as well. Definitely. But also worth pointing out, we almost maybe weren't going to talk about New Order this week because this was one of our Patreon votes. It was this album and it was also Jamiroquai's A Funk Odyssey turning 20 this week. And the patrons spoke and we listened and we're talking about New Order. And to be honest, Will, I'm absolutely chuffed. Yeah, me too. And actually, we if Jamiroquai had been victorious... We were just going to talk to each other all the way through that episode and not about uh, the album. And we actually had lined up Danny Minow and Cheryl, the special guests, hadn't we? So uh, if you were looking forward to that or hoping for that, or if you are fans of theirs, but you voted for New Order, well, you bought that on yourselves. I have to say, though, well, it would have smarted a little if it had been 20 years of this album and we weren't marking the occasion. It's quite a milestone, isn't it? And we were just talking, actually, before we press record about how much we're looking forward to seeing them live in September in Manchester, not any new order, two of our other absolute faves, Hot Chip and Working Men's Club. And this is going to be our first gig since everything that happened. And what a lineup for us. I've genuinely, well, this is the first time we've seen each other in person for a while and we've just not stopped talking about that gig. It's just a few weeks away now. I can't wait. So, it, yes, and, and because it's in Manchester, I think we're going to have to get a room. Oh, finally. The listeners have been telling us to get a room for a long time. <laughs> no, I don't want any monkey business, actually. No monkey business either. Keep your hands to yourself. Well, I've shared the story of when I went naked sleepwalking around a hotel once, so who knows what's going to happen in Manchester. If you try and climb into my bed, I'm going to have to pull you off. Uh, well, you... <laughs> So, New Order. Oh, where do we start? Uh, so, New Order formed in 1980. Manchester, obviously, after Joy Division, uh, were no more. You have got... Uh, well, actually, Dan, I'm going to ask you, uh, who have you got uh, on the lineup uh, for this album? So, this is a really good one, actually, because this is the final New Order to feature the classic or the original lineup. So, you have Bernard Sumner, Peter Hook, Stephen Morris and Gillian Gilbert. Um, th- these four made all of the New Order albums until this point. And then after that, things changed a little bit. And, you know, f- there are a lot of fans out there. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. There are a lot of fans out there for whom New Order is no longer New Order without Hooky or whatever. Uh, and actually, the album that came after this didn't have Gillian on it. For us, I think we're huge New Order fans. I have the most, the utmost respect for what Peter Hook brought to the band but I love them still today. I love what they're doing live. I loved Music Complete. And I think I think we're on the same page with that, aren't we? Yeah, and just before we press record as well, to get us in the mood, we were listening to uh, their last live album. Mm. Which is just, we were both saying, sometimes in a live album you lose something. On that one, not at all. It's just the energy of that, of their songs. Actually, I prefer a lot of the live versions on that album to the originals. Yeah, you can. The production is still great, which can, again can sometimes get lost on a live recording of an hour, of a performance for a, for tracks. But you could still hear all of the stuff we love, which is you know the production, the synths, the guitars, the keys, the drums. It's all there in detail, as well as them going for it on the stage. And you did once go for it on a stage. Porn Idol, two thousand and one. I know I was in year eleven then. <laughs> 
So we are talking about Get Ready Today, which is the seventh album from New Order and was released in 2001. Why are we talking about it today, Dan? Because uh, it turned 20 this week. But what's great about this as well is that this album was released 20 years, give or take a few weeks, just 20 years after their debut album as well. So this marks uh, the halfway point of New Order. And the other reason why we're talking about it is because it won the vote. And because it won the vote as well. And it is a big hello to all of our patrons uh, supporting us and joining us over on Patreon where they are getting access to more episodes of Track by Track than you can shake a stick at. Shake a stick at? Shake a stick at. Swing a cat at? All of the above. Yeah. Shake a, shake a cat at. And of course, patrons on our bonus disc version tier have just enjoyed our second episode of our new series, Further Listening, on New Order, where we delved even deeper into their back catalogue, listening to some B-sides and remixes and album tracks and more. So if you want to listen to that, do join us on Patreon. It's available for you now. And get ready, like you said earlier, it wasn't loved by everybody. No, it wasn't. Yeah. And it was a strange album as well, because this came... This was the first New Order album for eight years. I think they'd pretty much called it a day after Republic. Um, and they'd gone on to do, of course, they uh, Bernard was doing electronic and there were two electronic albums in the middle. Uh, Peter Hook was doing Monaco. The other two were doing the other two. So they came back together uh, for this album. And, you know, at a time when for some people there would be no more New Order. For me, I think it's a fantastic entry in their back catalogue and their history. Also, Will, this one was dedicated to Rob Gretton, who had managed them, well, since they were Joy Division, really. Been with them for a long, long time. And passed away before the album was released. So, should we get stuck in? Let's go for it. Side one, track one, Crystal. We play the I'm a poor man. If you So, track one there, Crystal. Will, before you even ask me, I'm just going to dive straight into the production. This album, for the most part, was produced by Steve Osborne. We have talked about Steve before on the podcast. He produced the B-52's Funplex album. Apparently, they wanted to work with him after listening to Get Ready. Um, but there are a couple of exceptions coming up, so I will point them out to you. Dan, this is not not only my favourite track on the album, this is one of my favourite New Order songs ever. And an opinion which many people reviewing this single shared when this single was first released. It was acclaimed. Yeah, it was. Was it because they'd been away for so long or is it just a fantastic song? I think I know the answer. What is the answer? It's a fantastic yeah, song. It is a fantastic song. And you need no more evidence than to how much we were singing uh, along all the whole way through. You were doing main vocals. I was doing backing vocals. Yep. Like Crystal. It's not easy. It's not easy. Do you know who's doing those backing vocals on the track itself? I, for the purpose of this answer, no. Who was it, Will? <laughs> it was Dawn Z, someone who they still work with. Yes, we talked about Dawn on the Music Complete episode, of course. Uh, she did backing vocals on Plastic. Um, and also, if you remember the tweet along we did for Music Complete, the lovely Denise Johnson was taking part, as she often did on the tweet alongs. And I mistakenly tweeted that LaRue was on backing vocals on Plastic. And I think a lot of people were making the same mistake. And Denise corrected me and she said, actually, it was her and Dawn that arranged the backing vocals and performed them on that track. Uh, much missed. Much missed. We, you know, we still talk about Denise a lot, don't we? And for good reason, not only was she an amazing, iconic singer, but an absolute gem as well. Uh, oh, this, so this was uh, the first single, uh, lead single to be released off this album. Got to number eight in the singles chart. The video was interesting, wasn't it, Dan? Very interesting. 
because uh, now New Order weren't featured in the video. It was a younger band, and they were miming and performing as if they were performing this song. And and they were called the Killers, and not named after the band the Killers. The band the Killers named themselves after the fake band in this video, which I just love that fact. I think that's incredible. Of course, Brandon Flowers uh, and the Killers have got a great ongoing relationship with New Order. Brandon appeared on Superheated, on Music Complete, um, and they have performed this song on stage together numerous times uh, at festivals and gigs, but also the Killers covered Shadowplay by Joy Division many years ago as well. So I just love this ongoing relationship between the two and the fact that it all started because because uh, the Killers were such big New Order fans that they named themselves after an element of their video. I wonder if Brandon Flowers still pinches himself that he gets to work with New Order. Well, not only that, think about everyone else that Brandon Flowers has worked with. Well, Pet Shop Boys. That's it. That's it. That's all you're getting. Add in your own. There's a little gap there for you listeners to add in your own... Artists. Or for us to edit in any others we remember. Uh, I love this video. I think it's really cool because they're kind of a young indie band singing and they're just having a great time. But they're not New Order. They're not. They couldn't be asked. Good for them. No, I like I like the different approach. In fact, it's not actually you and I recording today, is it? We've got stand-ins just miming along to this episode. <laughs> the fillers. Oh, very clever. Um, now, interestingly, on this song, and it is very interesting because of how acclaimed this song is with you and with a lot of the fans and a lot of the reviewers, this song was actually gifted by Bernard to a German record label uh, and then later recorded by Corvin Dalek. Exterminate, exterminate. <laughs> um, and Pete Tong heard it and said it's the best New Order song since Blue Monday. So Bernard reclaimed the gift to record <laughs> with the band. And you often do reclaim gifts, don't you, when you hear other people getting complimented about them? I do. You, I gave you a very tasteful, ornate jug mm. um, that you were getting a lot of compliments about. Well, it's because I, I, I bought a matching one, so people were really, really very complimentary about my jugs. Yeah, but I couldn't bear it, no. so I snatched it back off you. You grabbed my jugs, and you actually took both. <laughs> yeah, we were wrestling around for ages with them, but... Um, Tripped into that bloody paddling pool as well. Oh, and Full then of jelly. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's party next door. <laughs> Honestly, it was, you, couldn't, you couldn't make these things up. No. How <laughs> <Or> could you? <laughs> but yeah, good video. And the song... Good song. Good song. Ama- no, not good song. Amazing song. Great song. And still, obviously, loved by the band, because this is still a staple of live sets, isn't it? I don't think we've seen them yet where they haven't played this song. And I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. Uh, this is quintessential New Order for me. It really is. I mean, yeah, just talking about it musically. Musically. Uh, obviously, the guitars are much heavier when it comes in and a bit edgier. And if you compare it to like Republic and Technique that came almost a decade or a decade before this. Um, It's a very different sound, but then that chorus comes in and it's clear that it's a new order anthem. You've got that killer beat. You've got that iconic bass from Hooky. The synths just shimmer, wonderful backing vocals. Uh, You're absolutely right. It is uh, an all-time new order anthem. Track number two now. This is 60 Miles an Hour. National Speed Limit. miles an hour there dan what's the fastest you've ever driven oh well 70 miles an hour of course well done that was a test oh on behalf of the dvla and that has been a paid promotion now will it sounds too obvious to say this but i'm gonna say anyway this is definitely a driving song isn't it it is because it's got that not i don't want to say driving again but it has got a driving beat 
It, but it has though. It's 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 a foot to the floor song. Oh, seventy miles an hour, tops. But it definitely feels like if you was in your car, you'd put your foot down, and this would just soundtrack your journey. Whether you were driving through Europe or America, it's just kind of a, a it. It's a song for everywhere and for any time. This has been a paid promotion of New Order by me, <laughs> Dan Ball of Track by Track. Now, this was the follow-up single, wasn't it, to uh, Crystal? Yep. And it's fair to say the formula hasn't changed too much. And I'm not going to complain about that. Definitely. I'm never going to complain about that with New Order. Never, ever, ever. Yeah, it definitely feels like a very similar kind of sound. I guess this was the sound of New Order in 2001. Once again, I said I was, I'd let you know of any changes. Um, this is still Steve Osborne, but co-produced with David Kahn, who has also worked with Paul McCartney, Stevie Nicks, The Strokes, and The Bangles, to name but a few. So I guess that's where there's maybe this one's a little bit edgier and a little bit less dancier, uh, and that's what all that's about. This was a second single. I got to number 29 in the charts. Uh, I'm not going to mention the remixes that are on the single because there might be some more of that coming up in further listening uh-huh. later mm. on your Tuesday, track by track. Oh, it's been do a we still do that, that anymore? One. We should do. I love that one. <laughs> Although it's the chances of someone actually listening on a Tuesday. Oh. Very high. Yes. Everyone wants the latest release. Yes. Um, now, bizarrely, well, you've mentioned the remixes. One of the B-sides to this is a remix of what was to be the next single, Someone Like You. And I seem to recall, I think it was on the Scissor Sisters episode, there was on the first single, Fire With Fire, there was a remix of Invisible Light, which became the third single. I just don't understand these decisions, Will. I don't understand. I'm sure there's some rhyme and reason to it, but mm. I, don't, I don't know. But I have to say about this one, I love the bass line and particularly how you it almost starts with that bass line and then it just carries the chorus. And it's one of those things where actually that melody is so catchy and so clever that we're not going to be bored of it. Let it let it soundtrack the whole song. Let it be there throughout it. It's wonderful. So track number three now will album track territory. This is Turn My Way. So track three there, Turn My Way, and this one features someone else on vocals, Smashing Pumpkins' Billy Corgan. Uh, what an interesting collaboration. Not one I would have envisaged. Visaged. No, likewise. Um, and Billy Corgan is, you know, I'm not a, 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 an expert on Smashing Pumpkins or Billy Corgan's, Corgan's career to date. But I do know that he has also worked with, or I should say at least a little bit, he's um, covered Duran Duran's Nightboat and performed it with Simon Le Bon on stage. So we actually did approach Billy to appear on our huge, monumental Duran Duran episode recently. We didn't hear back from him. He's busy. There's a pandemic going yeah. on. Honestly, Dan. I don't hold a grudge. Give him a break. Anymore. Um, <laughs> but... You know, when I heard that Smashing Pumpkins or Billy Corgan was to appear on this album, I was expecting something a little bit edgy, maybe a little bit rocky. But I love this one. I love how almost ethereal mm. it is. I think, I think it's a great track. There's some wonderful twisty synths in there. Uh, we're using our track-by-track track musical soundbook again mm-hmm. that make it something a bit like, yeah, a bit otherworldly, uh, very different to the first two tracks which I think you can't have a whole album or like the first as much as I'd love it. But in the, in the craft of an album, you need some things like this track. Yeah, I think you'd get sick of it, Will. I think if you had that, hour after hour, banger after banger, I think it'd be too much for you. I don't think you'd be able to take anymore. I'd be absolutely shattered. Yes, you would. But that's and very <laughs> sore. <laughs> so what a wonderful... I'm not going to say a break, because actually, even though that opening is quite 
subdued and electronic. And there's something about it, well, I can't quite put my finger on it. It makes me think of something like, I'm, I, in my head I've got Porter's head, but I don't know if it's them, but it's something like that. Um, but then the chorus comes in and it's a little bit more, well, new order, for want of a better phrase. It's a little bit more sing-along. I would say almost a bit early Goldfrap. Yes. Agree? Yes, I do agree with you. Yeah. Good. Oh, that's a track by track first. But of course, more on the indie side of things for New Order. You know, there's, there's so many parts of New Order, aren't there? There's so many sounds of New Order. Um, but this ticks a couple of boxes. I definitely think on the whole, this album is a lot more leaning into a kind of indie guitar-driven pop than some of the albums before and after. Yeah. Certainly compared to Music Complete. I mean, that was a bolt from the blue, wasn't it, really? Oh, absolutely wonderful. I mean, Still is. The second, no, the third album we ever spoke about. So if you do go back and listen to the episode, brace yourselves. <laughs> it sounds like we're sat on cacti while recording that one. It gets better. Yeah. When? <laughs> Soon? Uh, no, very different days back then. Track by track, episode three. Yeah. I think we thought we were very serious, didn't we? Very knowledgeable. Very professional. We found our niche. Yes. So track number four now, and Dan, this is... They wrote this song for you. Vicious Streak. lovely for a song that's called vicious streak it's mm. actually quite tender yeah it, it feels like it that's gonna be one of the more jagged tracks uh but there's a real ambience kind of hinted at with some of the elements of the earlier song but this one even more so and i think what does it a lot is the bass again it almost glows throughout the song the bass of that song that kind of paired with these sort of again very subdued um, quite spacey electronics. Such a fan of this song. The way you just said paired with sounded like the lady who does the voiceovers on MasterChef. Oh, I, I, Dan has cooked <laughs> rack of lamb paired with a mint jus. Oh. Oh, that's quite peckish, actually. Still a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, you have a bit of lamb, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love Got a bit, a bit of lamb. Of lamb. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I, I, I won't listen to this. I wouldn't do that. Oh, you'd have a bit, though. No. Even if someone tries to ram it down your throat? No, even if... Yeah, no, absolutely not. No. Got my morals, What well. about if someone tried to ram some lamb down your throat? <laughs> uh, ram a lamb. <laughs> no, ram a ding-dong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a wonderful progressive beat and kind of clapping thing going on through this, which I think is a really nice drive, way, the way it drives through the song. Mm. With that bass. Yep. And I have to say, I said it before with the previous track, but it's just there's so many sides to, well, certainly to New Order, but to Bernard Sumner's songwriting as well and all the things he's done outside of New Order. And you've got the dance bangers, you've got the rockier things, you've got the jangly things that we were talking about quite recently on the electronic Razor Pressure episode. And I just love how it's just all part of the history of Joy Division, New Order and electronic. And then even more recently on some of the other kind of splintering acts in Shadow Party and Sea Fever. They don't stick to one genre, do they? If you listen to Sea Fever's De Facto and compare it to the first track, Cross Wires, that they released, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not just saying this is our sound, enjoy it. They're experimenting. There's, they're experimenting with guitars and synths and bass and drums and vocals. And we're here for it. And they were quoted as saying uh, that Get Ready was... Uh, intended to be more guitar heavy because they just hadn't really leaned into them as mm. much before. So they really wanted, but they wanted to do it, but they wanted to experiment at the same time with it. Yeah. And they have. Also, Will, I would, because I've fallen in love with this song a bit since doing the research of the Aww. album. Might get down on weird. one knee. Okay. Um, I'd love to have this in a live set, but maybe not a general live set. I'd love to have this in a rarities live show. And they did some a few years ago for the, I think it was for the Manchester International Festival and they did a live album, um, So It Goes, with Liam Gillick. 
uh, and they featured this and they featured things like guilt is a useless emotion from siren's call that we've talked about it was it was definitely not a hit set but there is another song on there that we might be talking about a little bit later Ooh, hint of a tease mm. i didn't think we did that anymore oh sorry yes uh, last one that's the last time <laughs> track number five now primitive notion Primitive Notion there, track five. This is a brilliant peak to reach midway through the album. Because uh, at first when it kicks off, you think, oh, God, well, this is me anyway. You think, oh, wow, this is really heavy. But actually, there's a wonderful eu- euphoric crescendo that it reaches that is just more than just thrashing guitars. I mean, that's a new order all over, isn't it? But even more evident in this song. Definitely. I love how... They break it down this song, and it gets when it gets to the 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 bones of the breakdown. There's this very simple synth going through it and Hooky's bass, and nothing but that for a few seconds, and then it builds back up again with the beat and with the guitars. Uh, I imagine if they played this live as part of the tour around this time, which if I was a better podcaster, I would have done my research and checked that. But if they did, I imagine chance to be a fine thing. Well, yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, I imagine that would have been a real great moment of the set. And in fact, this whole song, again, would just be a great one live because also it's got that really long intro to the chorus, hasn't it? So it's just, they know, it sounds basic saying this, but they just craft songs so well. Um, and, And this is a fine example of it. What is a primitive notion? Primitive, is that like a primeval thing? Or very base, very mm. primal. Yeah. I mean, is, is that is this song? Well, it's not that, is it? Really, there's a lot going on here. Also, the strings. I didn't talk about the strings. I don't know if they're synth strings or real strings. Again, could have done some research, but it's a great track. It's in, and also, it's in a great place in the album. Pretty much midway through, after a couple of slower numbers, um, it's killer, and. I love how it's kind of a chorus of two halves as well. I think I think I'm in the chorus. I think I can sing along to it. And then the second part comes in. So don't. Uh, and I love songs where you have, you know, there are songs that we've talked about. There are almost three choruses in. And, you know, I hate to throw it into a new order episode, but, you know, acts like Girls Aloud have been very good at oh doing that. Oh, God. What? No, I'm joking. Obviously... New Order uh, tried to work with Xenomania because of, very much because of that, I'd imagine. Not specifically. But it that, didn't but work just, out? No, it didn't. And as we've said, God knows how many times, and sorry if you've heard this 10 times before, I'd just love to hear what they came up with because obviously it wasn't right, but would love to hear it. It wasn't right for them, but I think we'd probably enjoy it. I think we would. Mm. Yeah. Such a shame. Brian, if you're listening. Or Bernard. Mm. Has he got a hat? Has he got a watch? Guess who? Bonus watch. Guess who? (laughs) (laughs) Track number six now. Grab your lover. It's time for Slow Jam. So slow jam there. Will, not really a slow jam, is it? I think it's as close to a slow jam as you're going to get on a New Order album, but there's definitely some of that vibes going on as the track starts with that. It almost sounds a bit like a trumpet, doesn't it? Oh. It's not. No. No, no. No, no. God, no. You wouldn't get trumpet on a New Order album, would you? No. Or maybe have we? Gonna have to look into that. Again, it's a bit rockier, it's a bit edgier, it's a bit angstier, and... 
you know, Peter Hook, he was the rocker of the band, really. He was the it's one rocker, who, rocker John Rocker. <laughs> he is the one who thought of the band as a band made up of these four instrumentalists. Uh, reading his book, Substance, you know, there were times when he wasn't too into uh, the synths and the drum machines and things like that. And so, you know, he th- he felt, he looks back really fondly at when they recorded this album and as the album, uh, of the album in general. Um, and I think it's songs like this that really give that away because in parts, I think this one's a little bit U2-esque actually. Do you know what? I had another comparison to put out there. Yeah. Placebo. Yes. I hear that as well. And this really does play into the what they were trying to do with this album, wasn't it? It was meant to be this more of a rockier, guitar-driven approach. Uh, that isn't for, you know, and I'd be the first to admit, I love the more electronic, poppier New Order tracks. And there's plenty of that for to cater to my... Uh, Special needs. Peculiarities, yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I know you love a lot of this stuff more, so... This stuff? But yeah, Placebo... U2, New Order. In fact, it makes me think, I wonder why U2 and New Order, two of my all-time favourite bands, and you know, both started around the same time, both iconic, both so influential. As far as I know, they haven't really done anything together. I'd love to hear that New Order electronic sound on U2's work. Make it happen, please, Will. Well, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, that'd be I... great. Very little. Yeah, as per... Uh, also, Will, this was used in a television commercial to promote the Ford Falcon in Australia. Oh. Peregrine. <laughs> Peregrine Falcon. Track number seven now. And we've got another guest feature on this one. This is Rock the Shack. I need politics. I need everything. I this world of ours is giving me a trailer. Question for you, Dan. Go ahead. Is this the rockiest, heaviest New Order song ever? Mm, I would say, well, I would say one of, but actually I think I would maybe say that the previous track, or maybe even Primitive Notion, had edgier elements, maybe. But this run of songs and this album definitely is uh, is their rockiest, I'd say. And definitely, I would say this is, to be honest, mm. I would disagree, disrespectfully disagree with you. Good, yes. Uh, but maybe it's got something to do with the fact that featuring on this track is Bobby Gillespie, who everyone knows is from Primal Scream. Yes. Are you a fan of Primal Scream? Well, no. Well, not. I'm not not a fan. I'm just not in. I just don't really know them yeah. very much. Like the the anthems. I have to say, I did see Primal Scream at Glastonbury. It was the year Rolling Stones were there, and they were on before them. And I, you know, I liked the big hits, the big anthems. I didn't know too much about them, but they put on an absolutely phenomenal set. It was great fun, um, and I distinctly remember Bobby. Pretty much throughout the, they had a good set. They had like a 90 minute set. And Bobby at any given moment was just shouting, take acid, take speed, take acid, take speed. Just throughout. So you did? I did. Well, if, you know, I do as I'm told. Role models. Yes. You follow your role models. I do. Uh, I had a great night as well, actually. And you took some acid before we started recording today as well, didn't you? Only on special occasions nowadays. Well, I'm quite Mm. clean cut. um, But it's our first time recording together in person for a proper episode on an album since October. You can see, like, it's a bit of a... I'm finding more and more excuses, but um, I did, yeah. Oh, good for you. Well, I just sucked a battery, really, but that's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> did you get anything out of it? No, I don't think I sucked hard enough. Let me have another go on the next track. Mm. Also on this one, not only Bobby, Primal Screams Andrew Inns, of, uh, who plays guitar for the band, he's on this one as well. bit rude to not have him... As a credited, uh, maybe he didn't name. want it. Maybe, maybe he didn't want he it. Actually, well, do you know what? Look at me, always trying to fight for the underdog. Maybe they didn't want the attention. Did Not he want like it? Me. Did he want it, sir? This one, will 
is a different producer as well. Maybe that's why it's Rocky Will. This one was produced by Flood, who uh, has worked with many, many, many uh, icons, but primarily known as producing a lot of U2's work. So maybe that's what makes it rockier. And also, the fact that it's called Rock the Shack. Bit of a clue. Yeah, you're not going to get a slow jam with that one, are you? Well, you didn't get a slow jam with slow jam. So <laughs> I don't know what to believe anymore, Will. Well, believe this, Dan. Uh, the next track is coming up right now. This is Someone Like You. surprised to hear Dan that this is one of my favorite songs on the album 100,000 million percent categorically no uh I like because it's one of the more dancier tracks on the album probably the most uh and it's actually a bit drum and bassy it is and I didn't really get I knew it was a different sound I knew I knew I enjoyed it I knew you know even though it was um more approachable for want of a better word I knew it was very different to Crystal and Six Miles an Hour but I couldn't quite put my finger on it and you're bang on it's very drum and bassy this was the third single to be released but it was a vinyl release for clubs Mm. also it has some iconic art direction on the uh vinyl artwork as well which is more it's more pictorial on the album and some of the other two singles because it's got that that lovely model Mm. uh, on there but these are much more in keeping with the new order's art style art direction and the, um, and I'm sure it's got Jimmy Savile's fingers all over it. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it's got Peter Savile, no relations, fingers all over it. And Will, do you think this should have been a, a, a single proper? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it would showcase a different side to their approach on this album. Again, not to hammer home the point about this album being really focused around the guitar, but this would be a nice juxtaposition of, you know, what else they've got up their arsenal. Oh, in their arsenal, sorry. In their, or in on their the sleeve. arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Wizard up their sleeve. sleeve. Yeah. Wizard sleeve. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Because I, I think, you know, it wouldn't be there for the single version probably, but there's a great, really long intro to this one that again blends the edge of guitar with electronics. There's, you know, like you said, it's, it was a vinyl release, it was for clubs. There's loads of remixes on this one. Um, but I think it would have made a great single proper. It would be great to think that if it had done well as a single, it might be a song that we hear live in the set. Um, but it's, it's found itself just, you know, being a, a bit of a lost track. And I think it's a shame. Yeah, but it's not lost if you choose to enjoy it. Exactly. And, you know, hopefully, 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 okay. some people might be hearing this for the first time. And I think if they're a fan of Track by Track and they're a fan of a casual fan of New Order, I think they'll probably find this is one of the ones they like the most. Tell you who did like it, Will. Bam Majera. Who? Bam Majera. Of uh, Jackass fame. It appeared in his film Haggard. And Jackass are back, Will. Are they? They're back. They've got a new film coming out. It gave me a thought. Bear with me. Should we recreate some jackass things for our patrons? Uh, or we could start up our own TikTok. No, uh, we've talked, but we've tried it, actually. We couldn't even log in, so <laughs> it's really struggled. We thought that was part of the challenge. Uh, not a clue what's going on there. Uh, yeah, so to celebrate the glorious return of jackass, we might try and do our own. Yeah. This has been a paid promotion from jackass. The return. And on this one, Will, I have to point out that this was mixed by Mark Spike Stent. Uh, We've Marky. talked about him so many times, haven't we? U2, Madonna, Spice Girls, All Saints, everyone. Uh, he also mixed Crystal, Will. It's remiss of me not to mention that before. Track number nine now, and this is Close Range. Just like yesterday. You've got to pull yourself together, man. You've 
So that was close range, and again, we were singing along to that one, weren't we? Uh, I love this one, and also much needed towards the end of an album as well to show it's not petering out. And something very prominent, and that you haven't had too much of on this album, nice bit of piano. A lovely little bit of uh, a tinkling of the ivories, mm. yeah, I enjoyed that. For me, though, it's all about the vocal delivery, particularly on the verses. Bernard, he sounds very determined. Um, but as he's singing along, the backing vocal comes in with that repetition of it's going to change, 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 etc. Oh, I thought you'd, I was just about to smack you around the head. I thought you got stuck in a cycle. Now, I feel like this one will, I feel like it feels like a very familiar song. Is it because it sounds, it's got something in the same vein as Crystal and 60 Miles mm, an Hour? I think it's got the sound of the album on it. Yes. That's what it is. And it's another one where I think, actually, this could probably go down really well live still. Something about it, something about the energy of this song. And another point, Will, last, last point from me on, on Shoulda, Woulda, Couldas, I think it could have been a single. Yeah, definitely. Uh, not many singles from this album, because really only two full single releases. Yeah. Why do you think that was? Well, I guess the second one, not charting too highly, maybe made a difference. Um, I think they were touring a lot around this time, much more than they had before because they were back together. Uh, so maybe that played part of it. I'm not really sure. And also, Will, it was a different time. Different time. Okay, then. So, on to the last track of the album proper. This is Run Wild. Good times around the What a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. Uh, and this, I mean, they do have some great art, don't they? And this is no exception. So you have got a, a model. Uh, she's got a camcorder. She's filming the photographer. Uh, and you've got a red line, a thick red line, uh, two thirds of the way down. So that is a German actress, Nicolette Krebitz. And a quick look at her credentials shows that she's uh, not done too much in the way of acting or modelling. Oh, actually, she's done, she's done quite a bit uh, in Germany. But, well, she's been on the cover of a New Order album, and who can say that? Not you can't. Right. No, not yet. Not yet, Will. That would be a turn-up for the books. Mm. I wouldn't invite you either. No, I'd, I wouldn't want to be on there, actually. I'd let you uh, show yourself up. <laughs> in a pool of jelly. Trying to look dead sexy. Dead sexy. Uh, but no, this uh, is a great cover. Uh, the single artwork is great for each of them as well. Also featuring Nicolette. Um, on Crystal, you get to see her legs. And on 60 miles an hour, you get to see her fanny. A bottom in America. No, she's uh, hiding behind uh, T-shirts in that one. So no, this isn't the best way to end this album for me personal opinion what do you think dan well yeah it's absolutely no surprise that this was your album artwork song i think it's not my favorite song on the album by any means but looking at the album as a whole thinking about new order as a band who were evolving and changing and back for the first time after a while i really like this it, you know this must be one of the most stripped acoustic new order songs of all time uh hear bernard singing about god and jesus um it's, it's just a whole different sound isn't it it doesn't feel like if you if you made someone if you knew someone who knew only uh bizarre love triangle and true faith and blue monday and then you played them this and said who's this they wouldn't have guessed this in a million years i don't think no. there's even a harmonica on there um oh how is your monica <laughs> she's all right she'll get by 
But uh, but I think I think lyrically, lyrically, sorry, I haven't done all episode. Um, it's very poignant, and it ends with the repetition of "I'm gonna live till I die." I'm gonna live to get high. I think it's there's something very subtle yet stunning about this one, and it is worth noting that this one was produced by Steve Osborne with Bernard. So whereas some a previous track was produced with New Order, this is just Bernard and Stephen. It's a very minimal track. So just a word on the album performance before we move on to some further listening. This was, although a lot of fans were divided on it. Uh, it was, uh, and the critics as well to an extent, it was quite well reviewed actually. So Q gave it 4 out of 5, uh, Enemy gave it 8 out of 10, The Guardian gave it 4 out of 5. Uh, uh, there was certainly a lot of praise for a return to a more guitar-driven sound uh, and some of the emotions that were on display. So I'd probably give it a 8 out of 10. Hmm. Not my review, uh, average. Yep, review. yep. But it's not over for the episode because we have got some further listening. We, of course, as always, we're going to stay with this time of the band's career because we are going to come on to every New Order album at some point, I'm sure, Will. Mm. So I'd love for you to go first. So remix for me mm. from the second single. So this is the Superman Lovers remix of 60 Miles an Hour. Take me to an island Right across a stormy sea We could worship pagan idols That together you and me Why don't you run over here and rescue me You could drive down in your car Why don't we both take a ride up to Not keep We'll drive at six so that was the Superman Lovers remix of 60 Miles an Hour. I really like that remix because, first of all, it's got that wonderful bouncing beat to it that just makes it something different, gives it a different energy. You've also got that little drum. It's like a... I don't know, what is it? Um, oh, I had I had it in my head just then. It's, a, it's not a bongo, is it? It's a little... Um, I, I don't know what it's called, Will. A lovely little percussion there. A little, lovely little percussion, mm. yeah. And it's also got a lovely electronic sting running through it as well. Um, I just really like it. I think it just gives it, it lifts it and gives it a different a different twist. Yeah, it's completely, it's completely different to the album version or even the single version of the track, um, which is a great thing. And also, I can't believe that this is the same Superman lovers who did Starlight just a few months before uh, this album came out. So I wonder, I, I assume... I would assume that the band or the label heard Starlight and thought we need to get them on this album or on one of our songs. Um, and yeah, I just love what they've done with it. So different. They've, they've taken that song apart and putting it back together. Uh, it's great. Dan, what have you gone for? So, Will, I have gone for the Japanese bonus track and the B-side to Crystal. That's just one song uh, behind closed doors. But... Just to bring it a bit up to date and just to reflect on what I was saying before about the uh, So It Goes live at Manchester uh, International Festival show, this is the version from that album. So here it is Behind Closed behind closed doors there but a more recent live version i wasn't too aware of the song uh, i'll be honest from around the time of the album but i have been recently rediscovering the um these uh, so it goes album and particularly songs like this this song has really stood out but also things like vanishing point on there and also we said it before but guilt is a useless emotion the version on this is fantastic so if you don't know the so it goes live album do check it out because you'll discover new order songs you didn't know you loved. Um, but this, I think, is one of the highlights. And it's actually the last song on the album, so clearly they thought quite highly of it, despite the fact it was a, a B-side slash bonus track. Will, did you like it? 
Yeah, it shouldn't have been relegated to a bonus track in Japan. No. It should have been it should have been on there. I mean, 10 tracks they could have put an extra one on. I think it would have ended the album really well. I like that kind of it feels very epic. I like the marching beat to it. Could have finished it off really well rather mm. than harmonicas. I do see why the last track was there and I did enjoy it. But I do think there was a place for this on there perhaps. But hey, that's not up to us. We're out, out of, of time. time. And that's the first time that's actually been in time. <laughs> we we were still time. out of time. Yeah, actually. But that's, were, yeah. that's just the, the, by the, by. the fun of the game. So do let us know what you think about Get Ready from New Order at Track by Track UK. And don't forget, if you want even more episodes and even more bonus content and even more exclusives and the chance to get merch or even feature with us on your own episode, do check out us on Patreon. There are various tiers available. We'd love for you to join us and be part of the track by track journey. It's a great way to support us and help us continue doing these episodes, which we do so enjoy. We do. We mean it. And while you're on Patreon, don't forget to check out the most recent episode of Further Listening, where we delved into 10 tracks from New Order's back catalogue, B-sides, remixes, album tracks, you name it. It's all there. Uh, and if you have a moment, do give us a rating and a review also on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you go. So until next time, I've been Billy Corgan. And I've been the lovely Nicolette Krebitz. Goodbye. We have been looking at hotels today. We've left it quite last minute, so there's not much choice left. I think one of the rooms we found, one of the few rooms, only had bunk beds. So, Will, top or bottom? (laughs) (laughs) I've been dying to know. (laughs) We'll put it to a Patreon vote. Rub my tummy and pat my head at the same time. Because I can't can you do, do that. that. No, that's why you need to do it for me. Oh, I can do you it. Can do it. Oh, can you? Yeah. No, you can't. Oh. I did. No, you didn't, listeners. <laughs> <laughs>